When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. But we're going to be talking with Dr. Spencer here in just a moment. And uh, Dr. James Spencer. And um, so... Well, well, let's just go right to it because I really uh, wanted to be able to touch bases with him. Dr. Spencer, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, it's been a while since we've had you, and I know that a lot has gone on since the last time that I've had you. You have a brand new book that, uh, that's been released. Tell us a little bit about the book, the title, and just let's get first things first right out of the way. How can people get a copy of your new book? So they can get a copy of my new book on Mm Amazon.com. The title is Christian Resistance, Learning to Defy the World and Follow Christ. And uh, it's very much written to go along with a campaign that we run every spring, uh, Go Dark, Shine Bright. It is a standalone piece, but we wrote it so that people who go through our Go Dark, Shine Bright campaign um, can also have some supplemental material to think through after the campaign's over. And so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's new. It just published, uh, in January and, um, it's been fun. It's been great to hear some of the reactions to it and, uh, folks seem to be enjoying it. So, um, I'm very pleased with the response. Wow. And let, tell us a little bit about what prompted you to write this. Obviously, you know, we've had conversations in the past about yeah. uh, the limitations of, of, of religious freedom, some of the challenges that we're facing as the body of Christ. And um, what was it about this book that you thought, okay, now is the time? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this topic since around 2007. I actually started writing an essay that I never published mm-hmm. um, called uh, um, Christian Resistance as a Form of Spiritual Formation. And part of what I, I really believe about this topic is that Um, Christians really need to learn to resist well. The Bible talks about resisting temptation, resisting the evil one. um, And and so I address some of those things in the book. But what I really have in mind is sort of a picture of a a dam holding back water. Mm -hmm. And if we view the water as the world, the water as the world's culture, the world's ideas, um, and this dam is holding its shape against the pressure of that water. And it has a, a definite boundary to it. And so really Christian resistance to me is about learning to understand where we as Christians end and the world begins. And we have to learn to hold our shape, hold our boundaries, and make sure that we are not allowing sort of the water to seep into our walls so that we begin to look more like the world than we want to. You know, it's interesting. And so, yeah, that, it's ahead, interesting. Sorry. No, no, because I was thinking of, of Psalm one one. You know, where it says, uh, "Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, or nor stands in the way of sinners, sits in the seat of of scornful." It doesn't begin with the power of positive thinking. It give it it begins with the power of saying no. Um, that we're actually given permission to not take worldly advice or bad advice or what what the bible calls the counsel of the ungodly and it's interesting to me in your in your table of contents there mm-hmm. are one word chapters resistance imitation time response T- 
talk about that for just a moment. The the, sure. bre- the brevity that you're going bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Well, I, I wrote this book sort of in consultation with my wife. Uh-huh. And so she's read some of the things that I've done. Even, you know, she was helped me edit my dissertation. And so her encouragement was keep it short. <laughs> um, you know, just do something that, that's brief that people can grab hold of and really deeply understand, but not go on for 10 or 15 pages. And so each of the chapters is actually relatively short. It's about four or five pages each chapter. Um, maybe six um, when I get a little long-winded. Mm-hmm. And then it's got some uh, extra Bible reading and some discussion questions. And so the way I've tried to arrange the book is to address topics that aren't normally treated in Christian devotional mm-hmm. um, sort of works, but also to address topics that I think are really crucial for Christians to learn to resist the world in this day and age. So, you know, we don't always hear about attention as sort of a devotional thought. But I felt like that one was important given the amount of information that comes at us on a daily basis, the ease with which we can access that information, and the high level of distractedness that we're dealing with as just a people right now um, who have access to all sorts of digital media and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I really tried to think that through and come up with topics that I felt were relevant for today that also just emerged well from the biblical text. Well, I love your title, you know, uh, Christian Resistance, Learning to Defy the World and Follow Jesus. It seems to me that's very intentional. Do you think it's not possible to defy the world unless you follow Jesus? Yeah, and you know, I went back and forth. It's funny that you've referenced Psalm 1. I went back and forth about the arrangement of this title, whether I should put follow Jesus and deny the world. right. And it was Psalm 1 that ultimately swayed me um, because, you know, that one does start with a negative. It says, hey, let's put away the counsel of the wicked. Let's not sit in the seat of scoffers. But instead, the blessed one, he's going to delight in the law of the Lord. And so I thought, well, the Bible can do it. So can I. And so I I kept it there. But I think it's really not so much a um, it's a both and they Mm -hmm. both have to happen. Uh, The man in that psalm is not blessed because he does one or the other. He has to do both. And so uh, I'm not sure it's causal, but it's definitely correlated. Yeah, it seems to me that there has to be a decided commitment. You know, you remember the old Star Trek episode of the Borg. I don't know if you ever saw Star Trek (laughs) The Next Generation, where resistance is futile. (laughs) That's right. But that seems to be the reoccurring message. Resistance is futile. But yet here we're told not to conform to this world, but rather be transformed. Yeah, and I think one of the things I try to sort of bring out in the book is that you know the world is trying to make disciples too. Yes. We don't usually think of it in that way, but um, all of the systems and structures and you know media that we run into, the economy, anything that sort of influences us that emerges from the world isn't necessarily bad. Um, You know, those are God-ordained vehicles to hold the world together in a lot of ways. But they're also, they don't have a vested interest in making me a committed disciple of Jesus Christ. And so they're trying to, you know, those those things are trying to get me to be disciples of the economy or disciples of the democracy or disciples of the, you know, particular political party or ideology or, or what have you. And so as Christians, we have to resist that urge. And really remember that our role here is to be and make disciples for Jesus Christ. And that entails certain things. 
And so as we learn to observe all that Christ commanded, we really do have to learn to also set the world aside. Wow. Dr. Jim Spencer, you know, um, I'm a big fan of Moody Bible Institute and Moody in general. And one of the great um, Moody Bible teachers in my life was, you'll remember Dr. Warren Wearsby. Sure. And Dr. Wearsby, I did an event with him years ago, and he said, we all milk the same cow, but it's up to each one of us to make our own butter. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was so gracious, because people pretty liberally stole from him and his outlines because they were so good and so biblical and so simple. And I know with this book, uh, Christian Resistance, Learning to Defy the World and Follow Jesus, you've tried to make it's simple and, and accessible. Yeah. And, and I wanted to, to talk about, um, you know, we, we talked about the bullet points that you have about chapter, about resistance. And one yeah. of the, the, the chapters that you have, after imitation, time, response, attention, but down towards the middle of the book, you talk about discernment. Help us understand the importance of discernment, learning right from wrong, good from evil, and reliability of information. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crucial. And I think that, um, so in that chapter specifically, I draw on some of the um, decision-making science Mm -hmm. literature um, that's out there to help people sort of make better decisions and deal with the idea of uh, decision-making biases and those kind of things. I treat that briefly. But I think when we look at this from a biblical perspective, you know, the heart of this for me starts in Isaiah 520, Mm -hmm. um, where Isaiah is calling people not to to call evil good and good evil. Mm -hmm. And when we think about discernment, that's really what we're trying to do in a in sort of a broad scoped sort of fashion. But I also think that there's a, a sense in which what we're really trying to do in every situation is discern where God is moving. Mm-hmm. We're always trying to orient ourselves within any given particular situation to God and his presence. And so discernment not only becomes about, you know, identifying, you know, what is good and what is evil and making sure that we're not uh, mistaking evil for good and good for evil. But it all, it's also about, you know, amongst the good things that we could choose from, recognizing where God wants us to follow him in any given moment. And uh, one of the things that I say in the book, probably not in that chapter, but definitely Mm -hmm. in the book somewhere, it's, you know, God is the most relevant actor and factor in any given situation that we're in. And so learning to discern where God is in any moment is really crucial for Christians to do. And we're only going to be able to do that if we are also able to understand how God moves, where God moves, what God does, and have some general sense of how he exercises his presence in our lives. And that's just going to come from not only study of the word, which is very crucial, but I think also just testing God through obedience in that sort of Malachi 310 sense, Mm -hmm. right, where God calls the Israelites to test him. And I I think we need to be doing that as we obey on a day-to-day basis, if we actually practice our faith. I think God meets us in those moments and we begin to get a better sense of who he is, how he works, what he wants us to do. And when we supplement that with scripture, we begin to be in this sort of place where we can begin to recognize who God is and what he's doing and develop a stronger sense of discernment. 
Yeah, it seems to me that discernment is like a muscle that can be exercised. You can literally grow in discernment. And that the definition that you offer and seem to advocate is that this is the ability to see the truth. But it seems to be not just the difference between truth and error, but the ability to see the truth and then apply that truth for growth. I know you've just recently written an article about chat GPT and artificial intelligence, and I I wanted to just pick your brain real quick before I have to let you go. But sure. tell, tell me your thoughts on what's going on, both as an educator, as a as a pastor, as a Bible teacher. Um, what what has come to your attention? What 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 in, encourages you, but also gives you pause and perhaps warning? Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm never anti technology. Right. And so there's a lot of these tools that I think have great potential. And I think the way that I normally approach a lot of these new technologies is asking myself, have we developed the technology in such a way that we can harness the potential upside and minimize the potential downsides? Mm. And so I think artificial intelligence and chat GPT and all those other sort of AI learning models that are out there can be really powerful in a good way. I think they can help us do things that we're not currently able to do to do them faster And uh, in many ways, that is a helpful thing. My challenge, though, with some of these things is that we've sort of released them into the wild with Mm -hmm. with no with no fences, Mm -hmm. no boundaries. And so as we think about it, you know, from an educational perspective, there are now students who are able to go to ChatGPT and have their ChatGPT and have their papers written. Right. And, And I think often what we tend to do is we. Um, allow these things to sort of go out into the world and we don't recognize how they are stealing parts of our humanness from us. Hmm. So as somebody who writes an awful lot, as somebody who researches an awful lot, I can appreciate the internet and I can appreciate Bible study software and all those kind of things, but I can't envision myself ever giving up my own writing Mm -hmm. because there's something about the process that you go through when you research and when you write that is almost necessary, even if you never publish what you research and when you what you write. And so I think my encouragement to everyone is just this. I don't think we should be afraid of these AI models, but I think we should approach them with a, a level of sobriety and, and recognize that these things can be of use to us as long as we remember that there are also some things that we don't want to leave behind that are also of use to us, you know? So it, it, it has to be that balance of, can I use these things in a way that will make my life truly better? And the way that I think Christians need to answer that is, will this help me conform more closely to the image of Christ? Mm-hmm. How is this advancing me from that perspective, as opposed to just making me more productive? That the more productive thing just doesn't really, I think it's okay if there's benefit to being productive, but I don't think it's the end-all, be-all of questions. And do you anticipate, um, like, ha- have you ever tried to, have you gone online and asked ChatGPT anything? Have you said something like, write an article in the style of James Spencer about, <laughs> and then fill in the blank? I have not done that specifically, <laughs> but um, I, I'm working on a, a course right now, and uh, one of the guys who's kind of helped me out with it, he went on to ChatGPT and asked it to do some outlines. Uh-huh. 
And what I will say is, you know, the outlines came back and I'm like, yeah, these are good, feasible outlines. They didn't happen to be the ones I used, uh-huh. but, you know, they structured out what we were going to be teaching on. We were teaching on the Gospels and they structured out what we were teaching on in a really feasible, convenient sort of way. I think, again, you know, for me, it was just like, yeah, I guess I could just adopt that outline, but I'd really rather go through the process myself. Mm-hmm you know, of, of actually figuring out how I want to arrange this material as opposed to just taking it from chat GPT. But it, it's got some real functionality there that I don't think we should ignore. But at the same time, I think, you know, effortless results uh, probably isn't what we should be shooting for. Yeah, that makes a, sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> and obviously, you know, this is Holy Week in many traditions. We've got Resurrection Sunday coming up. And I don't think it's an accident that it looks like about 25% of the New Testament is devoted to the last week of Jesus's life. Mm. Yeah. So it's just interesting. Again, the book, Christian Resistance, Learning to Divide the World and Follow Jesus by Dr. James Spencer. It's available at Amazon. You can get it right now. And just quickly, again, tell us uh, where people can find out more about you and also actually uh, subscribe to your podcast. So they can go to usefulthegod.org. Uh-huh. I would also encourage them to go to godarkshinebright.org and sign up for the Godark Shine Bright campaign. It's a 10-day social media fast. All the sales from all the profits from the Christian resistance actually go to support our ministry. So I wow. encourage people to go and buy it and uh, and visit usefulthegod.org for more. Christian resistance, learning to defy the world.